What's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? I have pepper spray and I swear I'll use it. But I want you to know I understand the Negro people. I understand how you've been chained down by the oppression of white capitalist society. Yes, well, then you'll understand this. Everybody, welcome back to Real Ripe and Real Rotten. This is a podcast where we look at the highs and the lows of your favorite Hollywood artists. We use uh, Rotten Tomatoes every month to determine the highest and worst rated film in someone's filmography, and then we talk about them. And right now, in the spirit of Halloween, we're going to be talking about Wes Craven. And we're starting off with the worst one, which is going to be Vampire in Brooklyn from 1995. I'm joined by Clay. Clay, how are you? I'm good. I have a question for you, Wes. Was that you that I heard getting beast fucked? <laughs> that's what that's what when he was when he was uh when eddie murphy was playing the italian guy uh that's what he said that the cop was doing to that woman was beast fucking her <laughs> <There's> which <laughs> I, is not an, an ex- expression i've ever heard before and we might we might be we might be too white to talk about this movie i think all three of us um despite the fact that i'm black i think i'm not black enough um uh, but we're also joined by amanda amanda how are you good how are you doing good uh are we ready to talk about Wes Craven? We're doing this because it's Halloween, right? And uh, mm-hmm. we decided the patrons voted. Um, if you're not a patron of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash file. And they voted on Wes Craven. Um, unsurprisingly, I think we're going to have Nightmare on Elm Street, and then we're going to have Vampire in Brooklyn, and we'll pick a B-roll. But we're starting with his worst one, which is Vampire in Brooklyn, which is currently, I believe it's a 10%. It is 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. This film... The uh, critical consensus is neither scary nor very funny. This misguided effort never lives up to its premise, which is kind of a generic thing. But it's a 1995 American comedy horror film directed by Wes Craven, Eddie Murphy, produced and stars the film, stars in the film. He wrote the film's script alongside Vernon Lynch and Murphy's older brother, Charlie Murphy, Vampire in Brooklyn. Actually, Vernon Lynch is also his brother. He's a half-brother, yes. He's a half-brother, yes. Uh, Vampire in Brooklyn's co-stars Angela Bassett, Alan Payne, Kadeem Hardison, John Witherspoon, Zakes Mokay, Joanna Cassidy. Murphy also plays an alcoholic preacher and a foul-mouthed Italian gangster. It was released on October 27, 1995. Can't resist. Can't resist playing multiple characters. (laughs) And failed to meet the studio's expectations at the box office. Received negative reviews, regarded as one of Murphy's weakest movies in later years, however, turned a cult following among fans for Murphy and Bassett's chemistry, the humor, the musical score, and Craven's direction. For centuries, they have roamed the earth, fearsome creatures of the night, endlessly seeking to satisfy an unyielding hunger. Now, the world's last vampire is about to encounter something infinitely more terrifying than himself. Brooklyn. Interesting. I've been stabbed, and I've been hanged. Even broken on the rack once, but I've never been shot before. It kind of itches a little. Paramount Pictures presents. If you're hungry, I'll run you down to KFC down the street and hit you off with a two piece. I already had Italian. 
Eddie Murphy. Do I look like I would buy it to you? Angela Bassett. You bet not. Not after the day I've had. Eddie Murphy. Everything! Come on! Move it! Yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot of love in this room. Look at this. And Eddie Murphy. Bottom line, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that evil is good. Let me hear y'all say it. Evil is good. If he fails here, oh. quickest way to a woman's heart is through the church. It's actually through the rib cage, but that's a bit messy. Being undead, you got the dropsies. Won't be worth living. I'm a cop. If you uh, try anything funny, I'll shoot you. Women. Vampire in Brooklyn. I would love to have you for dinner. Let's get into it. I'm going to say, I'll start this one off for mm-hmm. us. It's, this, is, this is not as bad as a 10% movie on Rotten Tomatoes should be. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, felt, I felt the same way. I, this was one that I is, was like notorious as a bad movie. That that I knew of for a long time, and I I I can't remember if I'd seen it before. I don't. I may maybe once a long time ago. Um. So I was looking forward to actually watching this, and it's not really that bad. It's I think that thing you read at the beginning is kind of accurate, where it's it's not scary enough to be a horror movie, and it's not funny enough to be a comedy. Yep, it's flawed. It's got some fundamental flaws yeah. to it, I think. But I don't. I um. Maybe this will be heresy. I, I enjoyed this in, in some ways more than I enjoyed Near Dark, watching Near Dark. Um, Blasphemy. I, I think there's more. There was like more that was interesting to this me. Is, this is why we're starting our own podcast. Bye, <laughs> Wes. This, like, I, I spent this movie where, where Near Dark, I kind of understood what was going on. I, I sometimes think that movies that I'm not like really invested in, I find are more interesting to, to think about like what went wrong with this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think Vampire fits into that for me i think this is much better than a 10 percent movie i think it has two huge problems going for it uh and just I'll, two uh, two big ones two huge <laughs> problems the 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 first one is that eddie murphy apparently decided he didn't want to be funny in this movie for whatever reason he's and, and this is uh, let me ask you guys this first where does eddie murphy sit for you in terms of like how familiar are you with eddie murphy um i am i'm fairly familiar with eddie murphy i've seen most of his early years movies and you know delirious and raw um pretty much everything after vampire in brooklyn or nutty professor i guess is probably the last the where i draw the line as far as eddie murphy movies i've seen uh but i'm i'm fairly well versed in eddie murphy amanda uh i am barely at all Mm-hmm. Like I am aware of him, um, but yeah, I, I don't really know much of his work. I I kind of just know him as a pop culture figure. I mm-hmm. don't really know him like by different movies and stand up and things. Yeah, he's my um, he is my pearl jam of actors. Like he he's a huge name that like it's kind of bizarre how little I know about him really. And that's like a, how- that's a good oh. way of putting it. I feel I feel like I want to adopt that phrasing too i thought you were going to go the other way and say he's the one actor who regardless of quality i will always buy their product (laughs) (laughs) no it's the opposite like for for the time that i grew up pearl jam has somehow like slipped into this zone of i'm not really i I could barely tell you three things about pearl jam and eddie murphy is kind of that for me for how huge he was on snl and how big of a Mm. career he had in the 80s and into the 90s 
I've seen a bunch of his movies, but I'm not sure I could tell you anything about Eddie Murphy going into them uh, or like into this movie. And I think that was what was surprising to me about this. He he apparently, him and Craven had a big fight during this because Craven said he was difficult, but also he said that Eddie Murphy didn't want to be funny as himself, as his character in this. Yeah. Charlie Murphy said that it was supposed it was originally supposed to be a straight horror movie. A straight horror movie. Mm. Yeah, which is which is really strange and the problem is Eddie Eddie Murphy is hysterical and an amazing character actor. Like yes. he's he's astounding as the Italian Guido and the preacher guy <laughs> in this. And I I think that that's actually my favorite part of the movie when he plays those characters. Oh, the pre the preacher sequence is by far the best thing in the movie. That was legitimately funny. It's legitimately funny. The Guido is a little bit of a less less of a point, but we can we will get to him. But I I didn't know if this was like I was trying to think of an analogy for this. It would be like if you were a world famous chef and like one night you were just like fuck these people are making craft macaroni and cheese for everybody and they're just gonna <laughs> like it. It's a it's a weird movie for him to kind of take off and like be like I'm not gonna do jokes. I'm gonna. One review I saw, so everyone around Eddie Murphy has to pick up the slack for Eddie Murphy not being funny in this movie. Yeah. And that's devastating, I think. But what would you guys think? Amanda? Yeah, I mean, I was just, I spent this entire movie confused. Like, not about the plot, mm-hmm. not about what was happening, but about what I was supposed to be feeling, what I was supposed to be getting out of it. There were a couple parts where I legitimately laughed out loud. I think the Italian, when he's the Italian gangster. Yes. And a couple things that, you know, a couple of the interactions between the, um, what's his name, Silas and uh, Julius, who becomes the ghoul. Yeah. There were, there were certain moments. <laughs> there were certain moments between them that I thought were really funny and charming. But yeah, with Eddie Murphy, like kind of coming from the same place that you are, Wes, where I'm a little ignorant in terms of his work. All I know about him is that he is a comedian and a character actor. So to come into this movie with that expectation... And thinking I was going to get some like high camp, um, mm-hmm. you know, Dracula style spoof. And then he seems to play it so seriously and so earnestly that it, I was just really put off by him in like every scene he was in. It it also it makes it really. If you don't know much about Eddie Murphy and you don't know that he is famous for playing multiple characters in the same movie. It's really weird that he just happens to play two other characters in this movie. Yeah. They they kind of they kind of cover it by having it be like, oh, the vampire is turning into this person or whatever. But like you can do that without putting him in all of that makeup to do that stuff. Yeah. So, if you're coming into this fairly light on Eddie Murphy uh backstory and and uh oove, I guess is a word you could use. Um, it's really strange that he just decides to play two other characters. He's he's unrecognizable as Guido, I would say. Oh, yeah. 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 The, I didn't realize it was him until after the scene where they see him out on the street and he comes in. I was like, oh, it's Eddie Murphy. Like, he's yeah. he's completely different and he's so good at it. And it's so strange. And I think that the preacher and Guido were like Craven forcing him to do something funny in this or something. Well, like, because they don't it, feel like they really belong there. They're just done as the excuse to get him to do something that's actually in his skill set yeah it's funny because the stuff that i was reading about it said there were kind of conflicting things that i saw where it said uh eddie uh charlie murphy said that that it was not supposed to be a comedy but wes craven 
wanted it to be funnier. And then I read another thing where Wes Craven said that Eddie Murphy was trying wherever he could to make it funnier, like, and it wasn't supposed to be. So it's a weird, depending on who you ask, it seems like it's a, it's a difference of opinion on what did or didn't work. Yeah. Uh, He's working with his family on the script, which I think is another problem of of that. Like, I I feel that it's almost like brothers not wanting to... I feel like it's three brothers with different ideas about what they want kind of the movie to be like and Mm -hmm. not coming out with a script that really sums up anything. And it's also a really amateurish amateurish script, I think, is the other big problem to it. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What actually is kind of cool about it is there's a... (laughs) They there's a there's a few things in it that are are fairly interesting, but just get swept to the side so quickly. Uh, mainly the plot line uh, involving the West Indian voodoo stuff and that sort of element mm-hmm. brought to the vampire thing, and all of the stuff where Rita is apparently Blade, I guess, because she's half vampire, <laughs> except she doesn't know it, and she has visions like like prophetic dreams. I guess that's yeah, because they start talking about towards the end about people. Uh, don't you want to be somewhere where people take you seriously and don't think you're crazy? And I couldn't remember if if where that was coming from. So she does. She had prophetic visions. Is that what the, what the yeah deal was? yeah that's okay. that's the whole thing with her paintings. Oh right, uh, that she paints things she sees in her dreams to sort of process because she has these horrible nightmares all the time and so i'm yeah i wish they had kind of pursued that a little bit more and made use of that and not just made it like oh see she has to be part vampire because she's got dreams yeah it's a, it's a thing i guess the, the dampiers are the name for a half vampire half human person so it's like a it's like With a thing d? in vampire stories a dampier yeah dampier yeah that sounds made up I looking mean, at, it's looking all made at, up, but looking at well, it's all, um, it is all. <laughs> well, regardless, uh, it's yeah, it's it's like they had all these kind of interesting ideas that put the focus a lot more on her, but then they were like, oh, but Eddie Murphy is the star of the movie, so we have to make sure he's on screen a lot. So let's push a lot of that stuff to the side, and and just have her be this generic cop who ends up kind of almost having to be saved by her shitty partner. Her partner, whose name is Justice, Justice. by the way. Justice. Yeah, there. The chemistry with the chemistry with Angela Bassett and Eddie Murphy was pretty good. The mm. chemistry with Angela Bassett and Justice was fucking terrible. And yep. how do you not have chemistry with Angela Bassett? Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. one of the trying. most yeah. beautiful women yeah. on the planet. I do have to say, after watching this, because I I haven't really I, I know very few Angela Bassett movies, but I know she's consistently very good. I feel like she's in line for some sort of uh, later years uh, taken style renaissance, where because she, mm. she is in this movie anyway, she is ripped. Oh, yeah. She's she in the Marvel movies. Yeah, what's that? She's in the Marvel movies. Oh, that's right. She was in uh, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she that doesn't count. I'm talking like give her a gun and send her after somebody. <laughs> Charlize Theron. Her. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think. Um, I I think that the I think the the real big catastrophic problem for it is what you're saying clay is that eddie murphy is the villain of this movie but he's the main character at the same time yeah and there's a there's a reason why in dracula movies dracula is in it for like five minutes right and i i think even maybe even more than that they don't establish rita as the hero of this story i don't think she's just kind of there a lot like she's she's an unknowing hero for like she's an ignorant hero for 90 percent of it and then she makes the final decision that kills him at the very end but he is 
for how fundamentally central Eddie Murphy's Max, Maximilian is to this, he is the villain who has no personality and also <laughs> doesn't really have a very interesting story to go along with him. So he he's not doing any kind of work that he needs to do to make this movie do anything. Mm. And it's really tough at that point. So you end up you end up with just a story that doesn't really have a hero and it doesn't seem to have much of a drive to it because you're you're behind the perspective of the wrong person throughout the whole thing. There's also yeah. they do so much heavy lifting with voiceover in this movie. Yeah, and it's mostly Eddie Murphy's voiceover yeah. which again speaks to what Wes was just saying about how strange it is that he's the villain and and yet we're kind of seeing it sort of from his point of view but yeah. he's not I mean, I know he's supposed to be suave and charismatic in this movie, but he's not, at least in my opinion, I didn't find him charismatic enough that I was sort of rooting for him. Like, I didn't, right. I didn't want him to win in the end. Why is this yeah. cop falling for a pimp? He's, he, he dresses like a pimp and walks around. Like, why is she, why is she so susceptible to him? I, That's you the know, problem. I was thinking that, too. I mean, you can, you can uh, hand wave that stuff by he's a vampire and vampires are supernaturally seductive blah 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 and she's half vampire so she's drawn to her own people or something i don't know well but i'm surprised I, they didn't have a voiceover where he explains that <laughs> i think it goes down to the tone thing because he's he's dressed like he's supposed to be a comedy vampire right like he's 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 dressed up in his like cloak and he's got this ridiculous haircut yeah. and he's talking in this ridiculous oh God, trans- uh, like voice <laughs> and but but the relationship is not there's nothing funny about the way that he's sort of pursuing the plot you know, like the the right. plot is very much a straight ahead vampire thing. So it's this it's a strange thing where it's like a sketch vampire character walked into this movie and everyone is taking him seriously. Yeah, it's actually it occurred to me about halfway through that this movie is is just uh, coming to America, but with vampires. Yeah, because yeah. it's essentially the same story about he's coming from wherever to find his queen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, <laughs> not as funny as that movie, obviously, but. I Although know. I did, I did get a really good chuckle at the beginning when the boat goes through the thing. Yes, yeah. and uh, Silas is is on the boat saying "ahoy," and then he's like yes. "ahoy, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> See, that I... opening scene with the boat—I thought that looked great. There, yeah. uh, I, I read a, uh, I saw a little clip from an Ebert review where he said uh, <clears throat> this movie was darker than Seven and not like tone-wise, like visually. I actually think this movie looks really nice. Yeah, I it's, think so. It yeah. looks it looks like a movie shot in 1995. Yeah. But it 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 looks fine. I think it's you know the cinematography is nice. The, I thought most of the effects worked really well. That boat sequence was awesome. Um yeah, it's just yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's uh it seems like a lot of people pulling in different directions. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I think that the um I it's tough because I, I think that the the comedy is also strange. Like it, I don't know if like if we're just getting older or if like the um, the culture has just shifted so rapidly. But it's like I feel like the humor of this movie would be disdained in this day and age. Like I was, I was like, thank God, like black people wrote this movie because it's the most like you, it's the most like what you would consider to be racist movie in the in the history. Mm. If you were to if you were to have a racist write black characters. I, like in this day and age, wouldn't they kind of look like these guys? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, th- I think I know what you're saying. Have it, we? Have that's... we? Have, has the culture changed that much though? That it's like just perception of this because, like, if you know Julius or whatever, it's just this sort of like fast talking like con artist character, you know? Right. And you'd be like, well, what, what a caricature of this thing. But it, it's 
it's funny that it's only 25 years old and it feels the movie's humor just feels like it's like from another century or something. And not that I think it's bad. It was just, it really struck me. There's lines about like, he goes on an extended riff about a $2 whore and what you can do yes. to a $2 yeah. whore. It's like, it feels yes. very- At the church, yes. At the church, yeah. <laughs> which is, which we can move into the preacher. I think the preacher works because yeah. the other thing that's not, that doesn't really work about this is that the vampire doesn't seem to have a theme to it. Although the movie hints at about five or six different things that could be going on with it. Mm-hmm. Most, um, most obviously there's a blonde woman that he kills in the park towards the end. She says, yeah. I feel for the Negro people. Like, I know that you're just under the boot of white capitalism. And so like, yeah. Oh, is that what the movie's about? But the preacher is the most interesting. And I'll throw it to you. The preacher is the most interesting to me because he's playing a kind of, devil's advocate for the vampire bad aspect like kind of a, like a commentary on culture in some ways that i thought was really mm-hmm. clever and they don't do anything else with it they just have that scene but i thought he was really doing some like biting satire with the the preacher but they don't end up really grabbing onto it or anything it's just that scene yeah it's they they kind of there's a couple scenes like that the the one with the woman in the park stood out a lot because it seems like that was from a different movie that was going for more of that satire of uh um you know race relations or or whatever whatever she's doing there you know it seemed like that there i assume there would be more of that if they're going to do that yeah I, what um, i think they're saying is that the vampires are black people the the vampires are a, a well because your ta- words not mine wes no because he talks about that on the roof when he's talking with angela bassett he says have you ever felt so alone and i think what they're saying is being right. a minority in that world is like to be to to feel that you have a hard time linking up with other people because you're this minority thing who's like downtrodden and and like not able to he has some lines about not being able to like achieve what she wants to or have people think about things, uh, think things about you that are not true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the film hints at occasionally, but it doesn't really embrace that idea. Yeah, it, 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 it definitely leaves a lot of that stuff on the tip. And I mean, honestly, maybe it didn't want to get into that because I was thinking, because I was thinking about Blackula as I was watching this, and I don't remember Blackula that well, but mm-hmm. Blackula is a 70s uh, black exploitation. Dracula movie uh, with well, his name is Blackula, <laughs> and uh, I it, it almost feels to me like they're trying to not do that kind of thing, where it's it's not like oh, finally a finally a black guy is a vampire, and and all of the uh, you know trappings that come with that sort of like jacking that up to eleven, um, and it kind of not doing that, not taking the opportunity to get into the. Uh, social commentary stuff just makes it yeah it feels really flat and i mean i don't know i guess it doesn't have to do that no but i think i I do think it's a missed opportunity because uh like i was intrigued when i started watching the movie because i thought it was great that the whole central cast is is black right so it's centering that viewpoint and that experience and i think they could have done more with that had there not been so many fingers in the pie kind of trying to mm. pull things in different directions. I actually um I did a little googling about this and I found um I think it was on a website called Hopes and Fears. Okay. Something like that. It was the oral history oh, really? of vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I'll, uh, we I'll, love those on this oh, show. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, it was talking about how the, the the two writers who were brought in by the studio 
to sort of um, fix, fix up it. the script. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're very young and very inexperienced. And so you've got Charlie Murphy and and the other original writer whose name Ver- Vernon Vernon Lynch. Thank you. Vernon Lynch. Um you know, they wrote it and then these other two guys sort of stepped into it and yeah. just started adjusting and tweaking things under the guidance of the studio, mm-hmm. which clearly wanted something different than what Eddie Murphy wanted. Do you, do you know if those writers were wanted. black or are they I don't know. Yeah, cuz that that would be like what what I would have anticipated was it seems to me that the script is so amateurish that they probably had bigger story problems than they they mm-hmm. um, thought going like early on when they first submitted. It. So they bring in writers to kind of shore up the story on some level. Mm-hmm. But I think if they were if they're white writers, I could see them kind of plastering over a lot of the black humor out of it. That's a good and, point. And yeah. if but if they're black writers, I, I think it might have gone a different direction with it. So I don't I don't know which way it would be or which way it actually worked out for them. But I I would. I agree with you that it's a missed opportunity because there's no reason to do this movie this way without playing up that aspect of it for better for like to to because otherwise what do you have you have some sort of mediocre vampire movie who who cares yeah. like why That's not, not do something different with it yeah like they like they don't <clears throat> excuse me again they don't go far enough in any direction yeah. for to really make it even kind of yeah like I can I can understand this becoming sort of a cult favorite, um, especially for people who maybe saw it when they were younger. It feels like one of those kind of movies, um, and especially especially in in the uh, Eddie Murphy filmography, it's definitely not the worst movie he's done since then. <laughs> um, the I I did read that this was the last movie uh, he wrote. Before, uh, or I should say, after this, the the next movie he wrote, I believe, was Pluto Nash or possibly Norbit. Either one, flip a coin, they're mm. both bad. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it it it's it's got some some stuff to chuckle at. It's got a couple jokes in it. The horror isn't there, no. but I can see it being a kind of thing that people would come back to nostalgically at best. If it's something that they watched when they were younger, because yeah, it's not, it's not funny enough to be a classic comic. It's not scary enough to be a horror movie. There's no social commentary to it to make it stand out that way. It's just sort of like, yeah, I mean, it's an hour and 40 minutes. Well, what's the, <laughs> who's, because I, I stick with the, the, the social commentary aspects, aspects stick out so strongly in this, that it, it's weird to me that he's mm-hmm. it like, if Eddie Murphy wasn't doing such a vanilla role as Maximilian, it almost feels like he was frustrated by the process and then invented these characters to kind of speak these moments that he thought were important. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know why you would do that preacher bit if, if not for you were trying to say something about like what you consider to be the idea of this movie. However, all the stuff that I read and everything that you guys have been talking about, it seems like he just wanted to make a vampire movie at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I think you, the 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 thing with Jerry Hall, the the blonde woman in in the park, really does stand out. I think because that one's that one's like text, not subtext. Yeah, she says the Negro. preacher one. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the preacher one. You might be reading a bit into too much because it's. Sa- it sounded like the way that I perceived that, and from what I read, it sounded like, oh, this was just an excuse for him to do a funny bit mm-hmm. more than it was to make like a stay. I mean, who knows? I could be wrong, but well, well I, I actually you, go ahead. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, just 
back to that oral history thing I read, which I should have sent you guys, uh, and I will. Um, <laughs> but the writers were saying that Eddie Murphy actually made them do rewrites on that preacher bit because there were some things he was not willing to say because of his own religious beliefs. Really? Like he was like, this is not like, I, I will not say that. Like we used to tone it down. Uh, yeah, stra- strange and because ass are good. <laughs> strange because <laughs> it's a pretty aggressive uh, monologue. Yeah, when I read like, like they had to tone it down, I was like, "Well, shit! What did you have him saying before?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't. I don't know. Like it's one of those complicated movie stories where the, the preacher bit seems to me to be so satirical and pointed about what he's talking about, where he is a vampire playing up the bad aspects of society that he thinks are judging him as a vampire. Like, the commentary there is that, uh, who are you to say that you're good? Because look at all these things that I'm flipping around. He says, like, you're like how hypocritical are you about ass? He's like, ass is good, but why are you free? <laughs> like, if there was no ass, none of you would be around here at this point. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I just got the distinct impression he was trying to play up the judging the vampire thing which at that point is kind of a stand-in for black culture in terms of how society's looking at them. And I, I, it seems like it's not that deep, but it's like all the signs are pointing to this direction that this is what he wanted to do, and he just didn't want to do it at like the you know at the finish line. He's just like, now nah, abandon it or whatever. But it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's strange. If there isn't that point to it, I'm, I'm shocked that so many of those references remain in the film at the end of it. Yeah, I, some of it I wonder if it's like, you just if if you do something like this if you take this concept and you do it long enough you're gonna back into a couple of these things you know like that i i'm not saying again i'm not saying that you're wrong that it wasn't intentional but if i could see them i could see some of that stuff just being stuff they happen to trip into versus something they were they were actually trying to do and again if they were Mm -hmm. actually trying to do that they didn't really i don't know where it got lost in translation this doesn't it's it's weird cuz this is um from all, from all that I saw it was a movie that they didn't really want to make because I I I read that uh Eddie Murphy only did it because he uh Paramount said they would release the rights to the nut, the nutty professor if he made this movie. Yeah. So that right there is not a good start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <clears throat> and it comes at a really weird time for the careers of Eddie Murphy and Wes Craven, because uh, Vampire in Brooklyn was 1995. Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare was 1994, which was his big return to the Freddy Krueger franchise, which is actually a really good movie, but n- nobody saw. <laughs> um, and then the next year, Wes Craven makes Scream and Eddie Murphy makes Nutty Professor which are two huge movies for both of them. Yep. So it's, it's a really strange pit stop in, in their career. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean it it is a strange it's if it's that though if it's if it's just a movie that they had to do to get it out of the way it seems strange to pair them together. I I wonder if that really impacts. I guess we can I guess we should just move back more to the substance of the film because it seems like everything about like trying to figure out what the like what was going on behind <laughs> the scenes we, We're just three-way confused about what's yeah. supposed to be happening. Screaming into the void. Yeah. But I I think that I guess otherwise there's really not much it's tough. Like I so desperately wanted it to be about something, 
that it mm. ends up not ends up it's, not being there is a strange it's thing. Surprisingly plotty too, and that's where it really fall, fell apart for me. I mean, well, you know, all things considered, uh, you know, because because Eddie Murphy was kind of fun sometimes to watch on screen. I guess you know, you got the the preacher thing, you got the Italian guy thing. The ghoul was funny, mm-hmm. um, but is any time that they got into like the plot, it just stopped making sense. Like. When uh, Eddie Murphy picks up the uh, Rita's roommate, and then um, they spend the night having sex, and then Rita gets up, and at some point in the night, her roommate has completely moved out of the apartment, taken everything with her, and left a note that said, I'm moving in with this other guy, and Rita's just like, ugh, typical. There goes the rent. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it, every time that they did stuff like that, it, it just it, it was not it seemed like they were they were really stretching for some sort of story thread. Yeah, because I I and it, they have that plot thread about her mother killed herself or something, right? And the father Yeah, cuz she was crazy. Yeah, the the father was a father wasn't a vampire or something was he was he the vampire yeah, the father was a vampire yes. father was the vampire and then they, yeah. they did that thing later with the like the van helsing voodoo kind of character yeah where the uh uh justice goes to talk to him and and they they start talking about the mother and then all of a sudden he's like i was in love with her like, yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just that it's like it it feels like they're desperately grasping yeah. for a story bits. yeah there, there's a similar beat when um maximilian says to rita um your father sent me to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. doesn't he say, I feel like yeah. he says something like that. Something and it's like, I, lines, like, we're yeah. meant to be, my, your father wanted us to be together. Your father sent me to you or something like that, which was just like, oh, why didn't you lead with that? Yeah. What? I, <laughs> it, it's, it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm, if I'm sitting back and I'm like looking at the script and I go, well, why does she need to be half vampire? It, it is, is je- is that just so that's the impetus for him to find her? I think because if that's it, it's it's like they do a lot of a lot of lifting to try and make that worth anything. Well, I, I think that they're implying right at the start of this that the hunters have basically wiped out vampires to this point. It's surprising mm-hmm. there are no vampire hunters in this movie. Um, but yeah. th- I think that the story is he has been hunted to the point where he is like one of the last few vampires and he needs her to repopulate the vampire population. Oh, I see. Okay. That was my understanding of what was going yeah. on. I might be wrong, but because yeah, he, they have the opening uh, voiceover about like the European hunters have spread us across the, the earth and he went to the Caribbean and, and oh, ended up right. then going to New York. Yes. So I assume that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it does play very fast and loose with kind of vampire lore. Like they don't, the movie doesn't do a great job of laying out sort of like what are the rules for these vampires like mm-hmm. w- in this world like garlic bad I think there is yes. a scene where it's like go because get this the out Ital- of here yeah in the Italian restaurant he, he starts <laughs> knocking ga- but he, garlic but he can touch place. it it's not like painful for him he's just like ugh yeah and and so sunlight they- plays a very very little role in this interesting yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I found that interesting and and then like Wes what you were saying about. He needs to find her so they can sort of save their species, I guess you would say. But, like, does that imply that these vampires make baby vampires? Yeah, apparently, yeah, you have to have I, baby vampires. Apparently, vampire. you can make a half vampire. Yeah, I guess so. The and then, you mean? Yeah. 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 No, no, I mean her, Rita. Yeah. She's the, the product of a... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn Pierre. 
<laughs> Isn't he a flute player? <laughs> My favorite um, vampire weakness scene was when he walks into the church and his hair starts smoking. Oh, God. Yeah, that was good. That was, that good. was really yeah. funny. Yeah, that that scene was that scene was legitimately good because that it's 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 a instance that is unlike anything you will see in another vampire movie. Um. Because they give him this power of being able to turn into people, which is generally not something vampires do. Um, and they use it very effectively by having him do that scene where he plays the preacher, obviously, in the church. Can't go in the church, so, you know, got to go outside, and you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, less effectively, I mean, it's still fun, but it, it feels less novel than uh, uh, the Italian sequence feels less novel than the preacher sequence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 add stuff, they take stuff away. It's and and to to kind of to touch back on something I said in the last episode. Uh I'm aware that Blackula came out before Near Dark. Um but Blackula <laughs> uh has so much based in previous vampire mythology and stuff, you know, it's called Blackula. Mm-hmm. That uh I I don't consider it as original work as for as a, a original an american vampire movie as near dark is but i feel like this had the potential to be that kind of movie and to, it, they just don't do that to be like an it's american just, vampire movie yeah, yeah like they, they have them do their own thing have them uh create their own mythology and have yeah. them put their own sort of subtext and stuff to it but they just kind of you know copy the jumps yeah. yeah 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 I, that that's my that's my big problem with it because I, I'm, I'm putting a lot of stock in the if you're going to do this Eddie Murphy thing and they're angling it from like the you know the black Caribbean uh, vampire experience mm-hmm. and they're bringing that up and making it a part of everything to have it fit so snugly into the tropes of like white European vampire stories right doesn't yeah. seem to do anything for it there's it's like it, it feels like a sketch at that point it, like an SNL idea of like let's have Eddie Murphy play the noble vampire role you know and like that'll be funny for for whatever reason but instead they they do this thing where instead of embracing it they they go into that european stuff and that story is just not interesting because it's so generic and boring and like nothing that is any of the strengths of any of the cast or writers of this stuff are aiming for so it just falls a little, it falls flat and i think it's really a missed opportunity because this movie's not as bad as they say it is um I think it has funny bits in it. Uh, the the dog when he explodes the dog into the water. I mean, Aww. <laughs> how mostly because um, uh, I'm I'm like in full blown like anti how people treat their pets in this day <laughs> in this day and age. That maybe like when was the last time we had a movie where someone blew up a dog? It, it struck yeah. me as that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I I just I feel it was a wasted opportunity, even though the movie did hold my attention. Yeah, and, and and speaking of you know like the the blowing up the dog scene and and there there are these absolutely insane moments in this movie that I really wonder if they had leaned more into that like j- just yeah kind of going a little further off the rails and and not adhere trying to adhere to like the European nobility vampire like the traditional kind of love story of I'm gonna you know get this beautiful woman and get her into my thrall. And I'm going to do like, mm-hmm. if there had been more sort of just out there stuff, I feel like even if they didn't go for a deeper social commentary, that would have at least made it more interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I was surprised at how often during this movie I felt bored. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the the worst thing about it is that it's, it's just kind of boring. That, that's uh, completely the Maximilian character's fault. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just a bad central character to have. Eddie Murphy was concerned about his hair. He said that the wig was the reason people didn't like it. Is I think his, his I mean, hair looks fantastic, actually. But uh, <laughs> it's definitely West, no. it definitely doesn't look as bad as everybody else thinks it does. I don't know. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Like they could have even if he had shown up, like come out of the coffin looking like that. And then been like, I need to fit in more in this modern place and gotten a haircut. Yeah, haircut haircut sure. is the thing that's missing. Yeah. It yeah. would have been like great. I'm actually shocked that they don't do that. <laughs> give that's, him a give him a makeover scene. Yeah, that's that's very much the vampire in the modern era. The first thing he does is get a new suit or something. Yeah, yeah, but you have the montage of him getting a new suit, a whole black suit and everything and sunglasses and he cuts his hair and he comes out, he's still talking like that, but at least he's ready for the uh, the new world in New York or whatever. So yeah. What if they made this movie 10 years prior and Eddie Murphy plays the ghoul character role and it becomes more and the story is more about that character than the boring vampire? Who's the then vampire? I, think you, I don't know. Someone. Rutger <laughs> Hauer. I don't know. So is it, is it, is it, a, is it another, see that I could see. I could see Eddie Murphy playing that role, although I think the guy who plays the ghoul is good in this movie. No, yeah. it's, it's not that he's bad. It's just I feel like it's, yeah, what you were saying is true, that the vampire in Vampire in Brooklyn is very boring mm-hmm. and not and not adding anything to the movie. If they had shifted the, fo- if they had put the star in the secondary role and shifted the focus to that character, because he does at the end turn into a fly-looking vampire. Yeah, which. Yeah. I I was so confused because, okay, I, I, so you don't have to be born a vampire. You can be made a vampire. Mm-hmm. By a ring? He put on a ring. Sure. Yep. Well, and he, he says there's lore. There's some kind of thing where after he bites him, he says, like, if you're a good ghoul, I'll turn you into a vampire. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess the ring is the way to do that. Although that, mm. that's never really said. I, I would have expected something yeah. else to come out of it. Yeah. I, I think it's just a tag they put on the end of the movie. Yeah. just <laughs> like, a, like a fun bit to do at the end. Like we need, we need one other thing to happen before we Well, Clay, to, I, I think that I would agree with like if you were to reconfigure this and to make the vampire not be the main character of the story, but have it be the ghoul and Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. plays the ghoul character. And the vampire is just kind of a character who exists that the ghoul is trying to accomplish the rest of the movie for. Like, he's trying to do yeah. the bidding of that character. And then you can have something like he falls in love with Rita or something like that. Like, he's got a little bit more agency and story sure. drive behind him or something like that. And then the vampire has to fight him or something at the end. But it's, yeah, it's just, I chalk it up to an amateurish screenwriting team who, I don't know if they wrote before this, but it seems, especially the... um. The cop dialogue is terrible. Oh, oh it's awful! It's so awful. It, it's it's really really bad. So it it strikes it sticks out to me when they write dialogue like that and they have this story that they don't seem to know who the protagonist should be. They're mm. just confused mm-hmm. about how to write an effective screenplay. Yeah, it's like you've got Eddie Murphy in the movie. The movie has to be about Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but the story is not about the Eddie Murphy character. Right. He, He's well, Eddie, the, 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 the problem is yeah. Eddie Murphy wants to be the vampire. So you're like, well, now what do I do? Like, I yeah, have to. yeah. It's like when they made Terminator Salvation and they cast Christian Bale as John Connor, which who originally was in it for like two or three minutes, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, fuck, we have Christian Bale. We got to do more with John Connor now. <laughs> 
What's interesting about John Connor? Someone tell me about John Connor. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's got a <laughs> scar on his face. What um, what you guys like about the movie? What do you think it did pretty effectively, if anything, that we haven't talked about? Um, I mean, I, I, I think we kind of at least touched on most of the things that I enjoyed about it. I, I think... I think visually it was good looking. Like, I think mm. the effects were, especially for the time, done pretty well. Um, Looks of an era I, to me. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it does. A, which is not a bad thing, I don't think. But it, it's it's certainly of this era where films looked like this a lot. And yeah. Wes Craven yeah. films in particular look like this. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I appreciated that. And I did enjoy those sort of, like, you know, the very, like, gallows humor moments that did come out from time to time but i mean beyond that i don't have much good to say about it i like it. the vampire effects i think they look pretty good yeah yeah i i think uh eddie murphy in full vampire face at the end looked a lot <laughs> like uh the the demon from the musical episode of buffy the vampire slayer you're not gonna <laughs> understand what that means Wes, but some people will i do <clears throat> thank you um yeah you know i i thought some of the comedy stuff was okay Oh, I, sh- I should say some of the st- comedy stuff was good. Uh, a lot of it felt like it was reaching. I thought it looked good. Um, it does look like a movie made in 1995. The thing it it kind of said two things to me about Wes Craven as a filmmaker, which is one, he's actually better than a lot of his peers in that in that uh, horror specific genre. There's a lot of those guys who. <sighs> unfortunately aren't really that good uh they've done like one or two movies that really hit hit it but you know anytime if you see a movie and their name pops up it's kind of going to be a mixed bag Mm -hmm. uh as far as like performances and visuals and stuff however so basically Wes craven is he's a very solid filmmaker however he doesn't really have a visual style it's very like this movie if you told me that this movie was directed by any other director from 1995 who was not Steven Spielberg and yeah. not David Fincher or whatever, I would say I would totally believe it. There's not anything. You wouldn't say that Craven has, I think of Craven, how would I describe him? I would describe him as he's similar to Verhoeven in that he kind of likes to have this sort of fake aesthetic to things. Like he, all, all of his films, like the sets and everything look a little bit fake. Like, he, he doesn't yeah. like super realistic stuff. Well, that's if that's true, that's really interesting, because his first handful of movies were very realistic feeling. Yeah. Like his I, first movie was, uh, was it Last House on the Left, which is very gritty and in your face. Um, even it, Nightmare I, on Elm Street looks pretty pretty legit, as far as, like, realism goes. I, yeah, like, I, 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 probably, I probably only associate him with, from, like, his mid-80s stuff onward. Like, even... Sure. even yeah. uh, Children under the stairs, or whatever that is called, is like yeah. it. It's not a the setup in the like the universe of that world is not real to me. Like, and that's not really the mm-hmm. point. He's not going for that, but he like I always think of Craven as like um, it's clearly like a body puppet flying through the wall through the air when things go. Like it, it looks like sure. stuff like that. And the other funny thing about Craven to me is, for a master of horror, I don't think he's particularly scary as a filmmaker, which is. Kind of his unique thing to me about what Wes Craven does, where he's not, um, he doesn't, he doesn't have like that visceral terror. He doesn't really do jump scares all that much or anything like that. Right. Maybe he does, and I'm mm-hmm. just not thinking about it. But when I think about things like Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't think about like horrific stuff that has me hiding my, uh, putting my hands over my eyes or anything like that. No, 
Nightmare on Elm Street's got a decent amount of that stuff in it, I'd say. You think so? I, I, I don't associate I mean, that with him. We'll have a chance to talk about it, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a few days. Um, and I mean, well, I, I, I would push back against that using Scream specifically. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking of. Because I, the first ten minutes of Scream were like some of the most brutal stuff I had seen ever at that point. The oh, first time I saw that, like, scared the hell out of me yeah, when I was a kid. And maybe we'll and that'll end up. I mean, that probably makes sense to be the 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 B real movie to talk about. Um, but you don't think that's just because you're a kid at that age? Like the, I, when you when you when you watch Scream now, you realize how funny that scene is. You know what I mean? I I mean, it ends with Drew Barrymore hanging from a tree with her guts hanging out. I don't right, know if, but it, the, the killer the killer <laughs> it doesn't is, really read as funny to the, me. The killer's not effective in that opening. Like he is, um, you know, it's it's the thing where it's it's a funny phone call. They're talking in sort of a Tarantino esque way. About like mm-hmm. what what things are going on? Like I I just don't. If you were to tell me like what's a what's a scary movie, I wouldn't say that Scream is particularly scary to me either. I guess, but well, maybe I'm just more specific in what I find scary. But I'm usually scared of everything, so I don't know why I wouldn't find <laughs> Wes Craven stuff to be scary. That's that's interesting. I wonder how much of that is time because mm-hmm. I I remember at at the time that movie being very very scary. Hmm. Uh, I think I think you're probably right though. I mean, maybe we can save this for the Scream discussion, but. Uh... Um. Yeah, uh, going back to his his style, I I know what you mean, um, and I think that kind of falls under what I'm talking about, where he doesn't really have that much of a discernible style. Um, because Nightmare on Elm Street is very specific. It's got a very specific look, very specific scares, et cetera, et cetera. The story is very specific. Everything else that he does isn't really that specific so i don't feel like i i don't if i let's put it this way because i'm scrambling to try and find something to say um <laughs> well he has an eye for iconic you, yeah go ahead sorry i was gonna say if you show up to a john carpenter movie you have a you can watch that and go that's a john carpenter movie whether it's music or the way it's shot or the you know if it's a horror movie the way the scares work and whatnot same thing with david cronenberg same thing with a lot of these guys i don't think you can really do that with wes craven I think Wes Craven kind of has um, periods. Like I, I, sure. I, th- I think there's been sort of like a like a. I hesitate to call it an evolution because mm-hmm. I I don't know if you would that that evolution sounds like I'm assigning like a value judgment like oh his later stuff is better and I don't necessarily agree with that. Sure. Um, but I think he adapts. I think he adapts to sort of like if certain styles or or, or visual cues are a little bit more popular at the time. Yeah. I think he does a very good job of weaving them into what he's doing. Like, I actually do visually see some similarities, strangely enough, between Vampire in Brooklyn and some of the Scream movies, like in okay. Scream 1. Like, I think back kind of to what Wes was saying, um, there there's sort of like a veneer over everything. Mm. Like, everything looks a little, a little proppy, a little mm. too polished, a little too... Prop is a good um, way to describe it. I, I, would, yeah. I would say he's a man. I would say that even if he doesn't do a lot of prop work, props are what sticks to my what I think of when I think of his movies. Which which is so fascinating because when I think of his movies, I think of first Nightmare on Elm Street, which is very much not that, mm. and even Last House on the Left, which is very much not that. So it's interesting that he did end up going in that direction. 
Well, but doesn't Night- Nightmare has the scene where the, the girl gets sucked into the bed, though, right? Johnny Depp gets sucked into <laughs> Johnny Depp gets sucked <laughs> that into the beautiful, bed. beautiful girl, Johnny Depp. <laughs> I Because I kind of associate that scene with what I'm talking about for Craven's style, mm-hmm. which is that it seems proppy, for lack of a better term. Like, there's something... <laughs> There's something, he's like, cut a hole in the bed, we'll pull him through the bed, yeah. and that'll mm-hmm. be the thing. And that that's really what I see as his defining thing. What would you say that he does best? Like, what makes him a great filmmaker? Not that I'm disagreeing, I'm just curious, because I, I, I have seen a lot of Wes Craven movies, but I don't know if I could really identify anything about them, besides the fact right. that they've all become... To me, what he seems really good at is he's good at making iconic characters for whatever reason, like the Kruger design sure. and the Scream Ghostface design yeah. are sure. two like very famous character designs at this point. And and Shocker, <laughs> oh god, played by Mitch Pileggi, who has a oh uh, my god when he a, yeah <laughs> when he cameo. popped up when he popped up as one of the mobsters in in this movie, I was just yeah. like and the other guy the other guy what? the other guy tony see that's a joke too that is like they don't even like lean on it enough for it to be a joke mm, that they're when all he's Anthony's. like oh yeah oh uh, uh, tony he's like i'm not tony i'm anthony this is tony <laughs> and uh the other guy anthony is um one of the car- one of the the kids from nightmare on elm street oh no. that's fun it's all um, it's all coming together yeah <laughs> i thought we were talking about uh well, iconic was, uh, characters. what does yeah. craven yes. do well i think he's just a so- I, like uh, He's one of those guys that I think I think you're right. I think he's hit I think he's hit it out of the uh horror park enough times uh iconic wise to put him on the uh on the Mount Everest. Mount Everest. Mount Rushmore. Or Mount Everest. It's a big it's a you need a big space for these people. He's still up there to this day. Yeah. yeah. On the the Mount Rushmore of horror guys, but like I think if you really had to get into it, I think he's a good filmmaker at best mm. i don't yeah. know if i would say he's a he is like a a technical film master and because now yeah. i'm thinking about it i think i think his sense of humor is what sets him apart from his contemporaries that's true that's, yeah. that's a good point yeah. yes he, he is very funny and so, something i like like going back a little bit to his vis- visual style and and you know my wonderful use of the new word proppy um <laughs> i think there's something he does in a lot of his films that's kind of touches on that like uncanny valley feeling sure you know where it's like something is wrong in this picture even when nothing horrifying is on screen like i i don't know maybe that's just my take on on him where Mm -hmm. everything just feels in a lot of his movies things always feel slightly off and i wonder if that isn't a little bit intentional like because it is vaguely is that what he You're did just, to this movie? He's like, he's like, I'll just make yeah. a semi-bad movie and have everything feel off. But would you but, say but that vis- you feel that sensibility in Vampire? I think so, because visually it doesn't, you know, it's it's supposed to be, it's it's Vampire in Brooklyn, but it doesn't feel really like Brooklyn. It doesn't feel like New York. It, mm. it, All the walls that have spray paint are covered in spray paint. Yeah, and there's <laughs> like it, it three like cars similar. on yeah. the street at any given moment, and they're like not the right make and models for the time. They only did three days of shooting in New York City. Yeah. The rest was <laughs> maybe in that LA was it. Sets, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. So maybe maybe part of it's that, and I'm just trying to to no, read that, into that it makes sense. I mean, his but. if you're saying that Carpenter's thing is this weird veneer of reality. He does that through shooting a movie. Oh, sorry. Did I say Carpenter? Craven. <laughs> I think so. Um, if, you, if you say that his decision to shoot this on set fits into that for me. 
I don't know mm-hmm. if that's his choice or if he just ended up doing that because it was cheaper or whatever. But that adds a sense of fakeness to it. The fact that it is Eddie Murphy is dressed this way in this movie, mm-hmm. like the the fact that this character doesn't seem to make sense kind of feels like it's that kind of a thing of like a skewed reality sense. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they are ever so slightly playing with this European vampire story also kind of makes sense. But it doesn't seem like he had any, any input on the script. But at the same time, I would say that this feels very much like a Craven movie to me. It's just, mm-hmm. it's maybe not his best and it's not his worst, I don't think, but it's, it's somewhere in there. It feels like he had some fingerprints on it, including the comedy and stuff like that. Well, it's, yeah, I don't know. Because it feels like to me, Eddie Murphy decided he wanted to make a vampire movie, and then they were like, who's a good horror director? Yeah. And Wes Craven happened to be available. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, like, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't, I don't feel a style thumbprint. I mean, maybe, maybe it's just that I'm not looking in the, in the right place for it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I probably don't know enough <laughs> about Craven, but that, that's the, I, I, I could, after we watch Nightmare, I'll be interested to see how my idea lines up because, this to me felt in some bizarre way similar to how I feel about Nightmare, like how that, that mm-hmm. movie sits mm-hmm. in my sort of like mind's eye about what I think about you know, it. You know what actually might be a good B-roll to do actually then would be uh, Wes Craven's new Nightmare because we would have those back to back and you have the original version, which is sort of Wes Craven you know, prime mm-hmm. where it's a little bit more gritty and then you've got the same, some of the same characters, the same idea set in 1996 or 1994 West Craven, which is a lot more closer to this. Maybe mm. that would be an interesting comparison. Yeah, mm. yeah. There's no Eddie Murphy in that one, though, unfortunately, right? <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we have any, uh, any other thoughts about Vampire? Or should we uh, just take a break and then we'll come back with final thoughts? Anything else, Amanda? Uh, I am just so befuddled by this movie. I just don't, I just <laughs> well, don't know where to go we'll t- anymore. We'll take a, a break, motherfucker. To, we'll, t- we'll take a break to let you catch your uh, your thoughts. We'll play an audio clip from the movie, and we'll come back and give our final thoughts. Drink the wine you've never tasted. Yes, I can give it to you, Rita. A world where no one laughs at you for what you feel oh. and what you see, what you are. All you have to do is just say. Say the word. Say it. Yes. Yes. You know, I don't I don't know if I've talked myself into liking this movie. Over the course of this conversation. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it's not terrible. No, no. Like, it's, it's not like a miserable experience to watch it. It's it's just sort of a mildly entertaining and oftentimes confusing one. Yeah. I think, I think it suffers the most from the, 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 the people who are at the forefront of it, Eddie Murphy and Wes Craven, and the time in their career where they made it, mm-hmm. because it seemed like it's... It was like right right on the edge of them having a big upswing, but they weren't really firing it on. They weren't having the success they had before. So you've got that thing. You're in that dip where it's like, oh, Eddie Murphy's got a new movie. Hopefully it's great. And then it's it's only okay. So then you're like, oh, that movie sucked. You know, it, it, I don't know. I mm. That's what I, I have to think. It's something like that because it's fine. It's not terrible. It's not amazing. It's 
If it's on TNT while I'm vacuuming, I'll leave it on. <laughs> a glowing endorsement if I've ever I thought, heard one. I thought his Wes Craven's lowest movie was going to be Cursed, which, have you seen that? I uh, know. I don't know that one. Cursed is uh, a werewolf movie, and from from everything that I've read about it, it is absolute dog shit. Hmm. But, um, tsh. yeah. Did that come out of the 80s? No, it came out, uh, I want to say, early 2000s. Oh, okay. It's more, it's a recent yeah. movie. More recent, yeah. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I guess I, I would just wrap it up by saying it feels, maybe we're digging, maybe I'm digging too deep into this and it was just kind of a cash grab, get us out of this contract with Paramount or whoever he was signed with at the po- that point to free up the Nighty Professor. Craven's got a free two months in between projects and he's like, I need a paycheck. Let me see what I can do here. <laughs> maybe that's there. But at the same time, it feels like they were, it feels like what they assembled should have been something more than this and that there was these bones of it supposed to be about something or like. I honestly, I think someone should remake it. Probably. Yeah. I think if you remade it now with a more, with an eye towards really getting into some of the uh, social aspects of it, Mm -hmm. you could make a really interesting movie. Idris Elba plays uh, the vampire. (laughs) Jordan Peele, get on. Oh, re- my God. Put all Jordan of your other Peele. stuff aside. <laughs> Use the cachet that you've built. Oh, God. Having the two uh, highest grossing horror movies in the past, like, 20 years to do a remake of Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. I I didn't. I enjoyed watching it while, not, while simultaneously realizing it wasn't good. I liked some of the comedy. I liked the ghoul character. I liked some of the jokes that Eddie Murphy would occasionally seem like he was unable to control himself for making a joke in a couple of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Angela Bassett is great. She seems to be taking it extremely seriously. Um, she's she's great, but I feel like you can also tell where she doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah, Because yeah. there's some scenes where she's her performance is kind of all over the place, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't think she knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't mean that like as a shot towards her. I think it's just a... I don't think she knows what's going on because nobody else does. Well, yeah. I, and I, I think on top of that, I mean, not to bring it way down, but there was a really tragic, like her stunt woman died. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like, saw that. On set. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I am remembering correctly, fairly early in what the stunt? process. I couldn't think, I couldn't think of a stunt where she flew through the air. I don't, I don't know if they ended up using it oh, in see. the film. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, but from what I was reading, um, it was about her falling off a building. Yeah. It was like a 40 foot okay. fall or something. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I could kind of see if she was a little, you know, shaken by that mm-hmm. or it sort of had a, you know, a ripple effect across, you know, the rest of the project for her. Mm. So. But yeah, generally I agree. I think she was, she's really, I mean, she is good yeah. full stop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why she, I mean, I, maybe she was a bigger star. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm surprised that she was not a bigger star. I, sur- I remember in Boys, uh, Boys in the Hood, she's the mother. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, she did. She had like a handful of stuff that was fairly well received, but she's always good. Yeah. 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 Give me that Angela Bassett and a gun <laughs> <laughs> avenging the death of her husband. Amanda, any final thoughts about this one? I don't think you gave. I think me and Clay have talked about it. What's your what's your final takeaway? <laughs> um, yeah, I I just I agree a lot with what you guys have been saying through the course of this. Of that, I I think it's too bad because this movie 
got confused like when they were creating it. I think too many different people wanted it to be different things and sort of were pulling it in different directions. And so without that sort of unified message and, and point of view, it just got really, really muddled. Um, I wish they had decided, is this a scary movie? Uh, is this a comedy? Are we going to go deeper into a social commentary? Or are we just trying to sort of have some some fun scares or some good jokes? Um, I wish they'd done a better job of centering, you know, Angela Bassett's character as the hero, as like the main character, which would have been nice. But I know with Eddie Murphy, you kind of can't. Yeah. You can't do that. Um, yeah. And I just I, I thought, you know, there's that weird pivot when she's sort of half becoming a vampire slash not quite there and her partner sort of becomes the the hero all of a sudden yeah that's a weird twist yeah it was very yeah and it was it was just it felt so unnecessary and and i wish she had killed him (laughs) or or max had killed him or you know like something it you know then she could have avenged him or or something but i i just think it was a huge mistake to shift it even further off of her and onto this guy who was just sort of like fine but so I, we haven't really talked about this, but I guess it's probably good, you know, I'm sorry we're wrapping up and we hadn't talked about this before, but <laughs> how do you guys feel about horror comedies in general? I'm not talking about like <clears throat> Dracula dead and loving it. Like the idea that a movie can <laughs> Let, be both. Let's do, let's do talk about that. <laughs> I mean, we can, we can, when we, when we get to Leslie Nielsen movies, I'm sure that's going <laughs> to probably be close to the bottom. Um, but like the idea of like a movie, say like, Evil Dead 2 or something like that where it can mm. be scary and it can be funny. Cuz I know I know some people don't like that. I mean, uh, I I enjoy it. Yeah. I I just think it has to be you have to really commit. You you right. have to decide that that's where you're going and go. And that's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier where yeah. I I almost wish this had been more like that, like it had just gone like, "All right, we're just going to go completely off the wall with this mm-hmm. and have like you know, maybe like some over the top, like gory moments or just create like more, more exploding dogs flying into rivers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think it can be really, really fun and enjoyable if everybody decides this is what we're doing. This is the movie we're making and sort of leans way into it. But I think if you sort of dabble in it a little bit like this does and then pull away back again, it doesn't work. Wes, I find. I find pure horror to be more of an accomplishment than a horror comedy. Like sure. the most successful horror comedy is not as much of an accomplishment as I think a purely scary horror movie is in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I think because the tone of horror, like if you if you start adding jokes into a horror movie, it stops being as scary as it could potentially be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. even yeah. like yeah. I, I think you, you can't do you can't do something like um hereditary, which I think is like terrifying mm-hmm. if they yeah. start joking around in that movie because the jokes will just distract from the overall tone of the movie that they're yeah. trying to do. I, I do th- I think hereditary is actually pretty funny, but I think that's part of why it works so well. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny because the stuff that's happening is hysterically over the top. But it's played so straight that you feel really fucking weird about laughing. At it. Yeah, I, I, no, no, I don't think anyone would classify it as a comedy. I guess right. Like, no, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's no jokes in it. I think that I don't really have a problem with horror comedy, but I think I'd mm-hmm. rather just watch a straight horror movie than a 
something like a horror comedy, like Tucker and Dale. I know that movie gets good reviews, oh, and I, I so enjoyed good. it, but it, 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 it it's not like I'm going to go rewatch it, I don't think. Sure. Well, the reason I ask is because it, it feels like this should have worked mm-hmm. with these two guys together. The concept of you can have a movie that is both scary and funny, but it just, it, for whatever reason, I think you're right, Amanda. I think it's a commitment thing mm-hmm. where they couldn't commit in either direction to it. So it ends up just feeling really lukewarm, which also, again, is interesting if you compare it to Scream, which is very successful in being both really scary and really funny. That that might be my defining takeaway about Wes Craven, which is that I... Which is why I'm maybe not crazy about him, but I respect his position because he kind of positioned himself as that guy. Like, that's his zone to exist in there. Mm -hmm. And... Just just because I, for whatever reason, prefer pure horror, that he kind of he he doesn't sit on my like w- like list of what I would put on the Mount Rushmore of horror directors. I don't think, mm-hmm. even though I like him, it's it's strange. I don't know personal taste, I guess. Well, it's it's funny as as I think we'll see getting into Nightmare on Elm Street. That movie is not. It's it's got some funny moments, but they play it fairly straight or at least the jokes are fairly dry mm-hmm. and freddie himself is kind of funny no that's the he, that's the problem yeah i think kruger is a little bit too funny almost not not the well they, in ahead, the yeah. first the first one i don't think he's too funny i think the first one he's the jokes that he makes are just straight up twisted jokes mm-hmm. with the intention of fucking with the kids yeah it's after that where they decided to make him a pun machine yeah. where he just turns into a, a, a joke. Um, yes. So, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see when we, we get there. I would, because um, I like Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I like Freddy in that one, but I think that, mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about when we get there. I think that Freddy Krueger, as in, designed in that movie, even in the original one, is a Craven take. Like, he's very much a well, West Craven um, character i guess in the way that he is and everything so i guess we'll call it a day there that's it for vampire in brooklyn which was on amazon prime so i didn't have to buy it but i'm sure i'll go back and rewatch i'll get the 4k (laughs) blu-ray for this one uh i don't know anything else to say or i guess we're done uh, at this point so thank you guys for coming on and talking about vampire in brooklyn amanda thanks for coming on again thank you it was good to be here we'll be back with nightmare on elm street which will be our next one which is much more highly rated and much more well-regarded, I think. Uh, we'll see when we get there. And then we'll decide on the B-roll whether or not we want to continue with uh, the Kruger nightmares or we want to go with Scream. But there's a lot of stuff to choose from. So if you enjoyed the show, patreon.com slash the Penske Files is the best way to support us. You can go to all the Facebook, Twitter, Discord links down below. And I think that's it. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we sign off? Mm, welcome to primetime, bitch. That's- no, I'm sorry. He didn't, he didn't make that one. That was the third one. <laughs> Favorite uh, favorite ghoul in Hollywood history, I think, has to go to this guy who is my favorite <laughs> ghoul. When his hand falls off when he's washing the car, that's good comedy right yeah. there. I, I kind of was hoping that when he when he was going up against Justice at the end, I was hoping Justice was going to kick him and he was just going to explode <laughs> like into pieces. I thought that would have been great. There's a, yeah, there's a... Um, he, he's for how horrible he looks. He's surprisingly well received by everyone in the city. Yeah. Uh, yes. Everyone seems very calm <laughs> when he's around. I don't think they make a single drug joke about it either, which no, is what they I don't. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. 
He has the dropsy. Yeah, the dropsy. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in a couple uh, couple days, I think, maybe. I'll, I'll speak now, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll regret what I'm going to say. But we'll be back whenever we come back with Nightmare on Elm Street. See ya.